Heidi. We call her Heidi. We call her Heidi. So Heidi invited you. Well, my, it's nice to have you. And we welcome you to Christ Center Church. And we hope that the Lord will bless you and speak to your heart today. Amen. Make sure y'all love her up before she leaves. Let her know how pleased and how happy we are that the Lord sent her here to be with us. Amen. He, he could have sent her to any other congregation. He sent her here to Christ Center Church. And we are honored that God sent her here. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Matthew chap, chapter 6, verse 31. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel challenged in my spirit. I really do. I feel very challenged. And um, I really want to do what the Lord wants me to do. Anyone wants to do what the Lord wants them to do? Amen. I really want to do whatever God is speaking to my heart, whatever way he's directed me. I just want to do it and just be able to say, Lord, I did what you wanted me to do. Matthew chapter six, verse 31 says, therefore, take no thought saying what ye shall eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, the word of God, when it says Gentile, meaning those that are not of God, those are seeking after what they will eat and what they shall drink and what they shall wear. That's what they're seeking after. And the Lord says, you take no thoughts for those things. For your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Things, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So the Lord, your heavenly Father. Anyone believe the Lord is their heavenly Father? Well, if you know the, the Lord is your heavenly Father, then you should know that if you seek the kingdom, you don't have to worry about all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, ah, thank you for your presence. Thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Lord God, for revelation. Thank you, Lord God, for mercy and for love. Thank you for drawing us this morning by your spirit. Now, Lord God, we open our heart to you. We submit to your authority, and we ask that you will speak to us for whatever you command. That will we do. Lord, we want change to come to our life. We want to be saved. We want to experience the kingdom. Oh, God, we don't want to continue in the way that we want to continue, but we want to go in the way that you want us to go. We want to fulfill the purpose of God in our life. We want to be who you created us to be and not anything else. Lord Jesus, have your way today. I pray your anointing will flow. I pray your power will be manifested. I pray that you will work, Lord God, the wonderful and powerful things of your kingdom in this place. Reveal your power. Reveal yourself to us and change us, Lord, that we may be changed. We love you, Jesus. And we pray and ask these things in the wonderful and mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let everyone say amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord, for he is good. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Not long ago, we, we, we talked about the narrow way. You remember we talked about the narrow way a couple weeks ago? 
I, I, have a, I have a funny story to tell you real quick about that. Brother Truby had one to tell me the other day. But here is another story about the narrow way. Uh, at General Conference, our, we, we knew where our hotel was, and we, we, we know every day we walk to service, we walk indoors. So uh, Indianapolis is set up in a way where it's just beautiful, where when you walk to the convention center, you never have to go outside. So if it's raining, if it's too hot or it's too cold, when you are traveling to the convention center walking, it's about a 15-minute walk, and you just walk all indoors. And so we do that every day back and forth to our hotel. And one night, we're just caught up in this crowd, and we're walking, and we're chatting how good service was, and we find ourselves at a total different hotel. <laughs> then the service came, the, the thought of the message that I preached came back to me. The narrow way, and I was following the broad way. Anytime you follow the crowd, they lead you to where they're going. And if we will ever get that, if we're trying to seriously and sincerely live for God, we will say, you know what? I'm not trying to do what everybody else do. As soon as I can identify this is what everybody else is doing, that's as soon as I'm going to say, what are you doing, Jesus? Because whatever you're doing, that's what I want to do. I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. I don't want to go where everyone else is going. I want to go where Jesus wants me to go. I want to do what Jesus wants me to do. And as soon as you find yourself doing what everybody else is doing, you're off track. Off track. Because when you're following the crowd, you're no longer in control of where you're going because you can't see. But when you follow Jesus, he will never lead you wrong. When you follow Jesus, he will always take you in the right direction because he is the way. And so when we follow Jesus, we're following the way. But when we follow the crowd, we're following the place that will lead us to destruction. I want to follow Jesus. And that's not easy because the crowd is not following Jesus. Everybody that go to church is not following Jesus. Everybody that says Jesus Christ is Lord is not following Jesus. Everybody that says I read my Bible is not following Jesus. Everybody who prays is not following Jesus. We're going through the formality of what tradition says or even what the Bible says. But it doesn't mean we're following Jesus. And if we don't follow Jesus, we're going to find ourselves in the place of destruction. Now that's not my message. This morning text says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And so I want to entitle this message this morning, first things first. First things first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's what the scripture says. And some of us, again, I pray that I can preach to some people that will say, if that's what the Word of God says, then that's what it is, and that's what I will strive to do. Please, church, don't dismiss the Word when it seems hard. Don't dismiss the Word when it seems challenging. Don't say the Word, that's not what it means. We are we have a habit of uh, us traditional Christians, us people that says we're Christians. As soon as the Word challenges what we've always th- thought, we say, well, that's not what it means. Ugh. 
Well, I don't think that's what it means. Why? Because every time I get, do this for yourself, every time you come to a place to say, well, I don't think that's what it's really saying or what it means, I, I want you to look at your life and say, well, how did that match up with my life? And as soon as you, you, you do that, you'll see it doesn't match up with my life, which means it's probably why I'm saying it doesn't mean that. But if you're sincere about Jesus, you know what you will do? Ooh, mm, I never looked at it like that. I never saw it that way. I never understood it that way. But I'm going to have to look at this a little closer because if really that's what it's saying, I need to start doing it because I haven't been doing that. If we're sincere about following Jesus, if we're sincere about doing his will, if we're sincere about the kingdom of God, then when we see it, we ought to say, I didn't see it that way, but I need, I need to do it that way. First things first. Here is a beautiful example of first things first. When God say, seek ye first the kingdom. First Kings chapter three, verse number six. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David. I want you to pay attention to how many times it said servant. You, it says, Thou hast shown unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth <laughs> and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee, and thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant, three times, and thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore. What do we think this is? We want to, we want God, oh my God, help me this morning. We believe that living for God just means God serve us. Are we going to get this thing right where we understand when God calls us, he didn't call us to be a servant to us. He calls us to serve with him. God didn't call us to be him be our servant. But so many people think being saved, being a Christian means God takes care of me and God serve me. That's a byproduct. God will take care of you and God will provide for you. But that's not what this is about. And so the scripture says, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord. That Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, 
Because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself long life. Mm-hmm. Neither has asked riches for thyself, nor has asked thy life of thine enemies, but has asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. The Lord is saying to Solomon, and it goes for us, when you come to me and you seek the things of the kingdom of God, I will grant you more than what you seek. But it is important that we understand as the children of God that what we are supposed to do, the first thing that we ought to do is seek the kingdom of God, is seek the kingdom of God. God knows what you have need of. God knows what you're struggling with. God knows what you need to overcome. God knows everything. What he's asking you to do is seek his kingdom because he knows everything that you got to battle with. We pray prayers like God don't know. Oh, God. Will you touch me and help me today? Oh, God. Will you provide this and provide that? And God says, what do you think? I don't know you have need of things. But that's how we pray. When God's word is saying to us, seek ye first the kingdom of God. So you got to seek the kingdom for some things to be given to you by God. And God is saying to all of us this morning, if you're going to be my child, if you're going to be in my kingdom, you have to seek my kingdom first. All the things that you need, I'll take care of it. All the struggles you have, I'll help you with it. All the things you have need of, I'll provide it. I just need you to seek my kingdom first. Solomon, seek the kingdom. He became king. And he could have just lavished in all that comes with being king. And Solomon said, Lord, I'm your servant. You want to be able to receive something from God? You want to experience the things that we read about in the Bible? First thing you need to do is understand that when you become a child of God, you become a servant with him. Lord, I am your servant. When Jesus walked this earth, he served us. He's still providing for us. But we ought to say, Lord, I am your servant. When you say you are God's servant, you put yourself in position now for him to work Great things through your life. And so now you are in position to say, all right, God, I am your servant. I need to accomplish and fulfill your will, but I don't have the authority or I don't have the ability. How will you use me, Lord, to do thine will? And that's when God will impart to you that and more. He will impart to you what you need to do his will. How many of us today that call ourselves Christians, that really believe we're Christians, are getting on our knees and praying and say, Jesus, you've allowed me to be a servant in your church. Now what should I do? I don't have the ability to sing. I don't have the ability to play the music. I don't have the ability to talk to people, to tell them about the way of Calvary. I don't know how to do those things. I don't know how to serve you the way you want me to. 
praying for God if you will help me. God if you will equip me. I will serve you with all my heart. I will serve you with all my mind and all my spirit. How many of us wake up each and every day and say God I don't have the ability but if you give it to me I will do whatever you want me to do this very day. I will put you first over everything. I'm seeking your kingdom today. We wake up, we say, Lord, bless me. Lord, keep me. Lord, protect me. I don't have to tell God to protect nothing about my life. Why? Because if I'm his servant and he's assigned me to do something, you think he's going to let anything stop me from doing his will? I'm the only one that can stop me from doing God's will. And so if God puts me in a position to do something, nobody can stop me. Only I can stop me. So you got to realize when you become servant, uh, that's what's so special about being a servant of God. Uh, When you become servant of God, you can walk with authority, with boldness, uh, and know that nobody can stop you. Nobody can defeat you. Nobody can misplace you. Nobody can do anything to stop God's purpose that you're trying to fulfill. But the only way to secure that kind of authority is to become a servant. We talk about this all the time. You stop when the cops pull you over because he's in a cop car or because he has uniform on or because he has a badge. Let somebody with no badge, no uniform, no cop car but talk about pull over. What you going to do? Man, you better get out of here. He has no authority. So you're not stopping for anyone with no authority. You only stop for the authorities, the cops. Well, guess what? In essence, the cops are what we call public servants. You didn't know that's what they were? Yeah, they make a living from them, but that's they're serving the public. Serving the public. If we become servants of God, our badge becomes Jesus. The badge the cops walk around is given to them by society, by, by, by the authority of this world. But if we become children of God and we become servants of God, the badge we're walking around with is the badge of authority from heaven. And guess what? Heaven have authority in heaven. Heaven have authority in earth. Heaven have authority beneath the earth. I want that badge as a servant of God because there is nothing more powerful than being a servant of God. There's nothing more powerful in this earth than being a servant of God. What are we afraid of? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna challenge us this morning. My man that's 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 pastoring and preaching the gospel over the Middle East. Every day he wakes up his life is in danger. Every day it's so, it's so, it's so challenged that his children, they, 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 they are blonde, they have blonde hair, they have to wear the hijabs on their head so they don't know and don't see the blonde hair because they know if they have blonde hair, they're doing something other than what they say they're doing. His title over there is public speaker, not pastor. But we're here in America. Three lattes, four lattes, five lattes, whatever it is. 
two service, maybe. Most of us do one service and we think, oh, man, ain't no different from me. Me and him say we go in the kingdom the same way. Just think about that. We all supposed to be striving to do the work of God and be in the kingdom. And we're going to say that dude and me are just the same. He sacrificed. I know he sacrificed his life, but I don't have to sacrifice my life. Uh huh. And so God said to Solomon, because you seek the kingdom first. I'm going to work with you, Solomon. So verse 12 says, behold, I have done according to thy words. Because Solomon wanted understanding to discern and judge the people because he was the king. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart so that thou, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have given thee that which thou hast not. He gave Solomon what Solomon didn't ask. Why did he give Solomon what Solomon didn't ask? He seeked the kingdom. When God, when Solomon had his face to face with God, oh my goodness, so many of us, if we, if we, if God show up and says, what were you having to grant you, my child? What would some of us say? I gotta be honest, but I believe if God showed to many of us, maybe that's why he's not showing up to so many of us. Because if God show up and say to any one of us, what will you have me to do? He would say to us, and so many of us will say all kind of things. I just need to pay off my bills. I just need for my children to get right. I just need for my marriage to be okay. I just need to have a car that I can get around in. I just need some more money because I'm always struggling. All these things is what we will be asking God. I just need a promotion, Lord. I just need this, Lord. And I just need a good reputation, Lord. None of it pertaining to his kingdom. None. And so we'll be walking around with those things. God says... You didn't ask for this, but I'm going to give this to you anyway. Man, if we would ever get the concept, I say it all the time. If you seek the kingdom first, we have proof here. If you seek the kingdom of God first, here is what's funny about this. God will give you above and beyond you desire. Here is what's so funny about it. When you seek God's kingdom first, it means God can trust you. Here's what it means. You seek God's kingdom, and God is going to have you so involved with his kingdom that when he gives you all the other stuff, you can't even pay attention to other stuff. You want to hear about Jesus this morning? This is why he can say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. So when he gives you riches, you're like, well, I got everything that I need, but I don't have time for it. Well, I have this, but I don't need this. And so when you see God's kingdom first, the kingdom will become so important to you. The kingdom will be the thing that consumes your life that you will say, man, I don't care about any of that material things. I don't need all of that. You'll start to give it away because it won't mean a whole lot to you. 
I'm trying to teach you the ways of God and not the ways you think and have in your mind. If you want God to bless you above and beyond, what you have to do is seek the kingdom first. That when you seek the kingdom first and he gives you what he wants to give you, that you deep down desire, it won't be a distraction. God loves us too much. So many of us, if God gives you your deep desire, you will not have time for him. Because right now you don't have time for him and you don't have everything perfect. Can you imagine if everything was just right and you had everything you need? You would not have no time for him. This is why sometimes we got to go through struggles. This is why sometimes we're going to have need in our life because without them, we will ignore God. And God's design and desire for our life is that we come in relationship with him and be servants with him and be saved. That's his desire for us. And if he gives us things, that will cause us to not be saved, to not have relationship with Him. He will defeat His own purpose. That's God's desire. So I can say it this way, and it might offend you. God loves you so much that He's going to let you stay broke. God loves you so much that He's going to keep that problem in your life. That hurt. I know it did. Because there's many of us in here that got problems, situations that's hurting, that you want to see fixed. And God says, I, I'm not fixing it. I love you too much to fix it. If I fix it, it means I don't love you. Do you give your children everything they ask? Oh, oh, really? Okay. I'm glad you said it. Well, God ain't giving you everything that you think you need because he loves you too much. He's not going to give you something that's going to cause you to go in a place of just ignoring God. He's not going to give you things that's going to destroy your soul. It's hard enough him trying to reach you where you are right now. You want him to make things better for you? Man, you'll ignore God like fleas. Like, God, I hear you. So some things in your life right now ain't going nowhere. So you might as well stop praying about them. Because I know how it can get fixed. Seek his kingdom and it will get fixed if God see fit to fix it. You want some more proof of that? The greatest apostle. He had a thorn in his side. Kept praying, God. Can you remove this thorn from my side? And the Lord just said, my grace is sufficient. You'll be all right. So we have proof that God won't fix everything in our life. Because the very thing that, if he ever fixed that thing that you're worried about so much, man, he won't be able to find you. We got to be big boys and big girls and read the word of God for what it says and just deal with it. Seek ye first the kingdom. When you seek the kingdom, I look forward to vacations. Why do you think I look forward to vacations? Because if I'm not on vacation, I'm seeking the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Vacations is important to me. Before I started living for God, it didn't matter if I went on vacation because every day was a vacation. 
I'm just telling you where I lived my life before every day was the vacation. You kidding me? But after I seek the kingdom, I didn't have vacation no more. Only when I really got a vacation. So I'm just telling you, when you seek God's kingdom, you always got something going on. And when we don't seek the kingdom, we'll make stuff up to go on in our life. That's how we get in trouble because we're not seeking the kingdom. Yeah, you find yourself getting in trouble. You find yourself doing things you shouldn't do. And then you say, oh, God, I, I, I know that wasn't right. I need, to, I need to get it right. It's because you're not seeking the kingdom. Because if, if you seek the kingdom, you'll be so involved with the things of God that you won't get jammed up with so many other things. We are to seek the kingdom. The text says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. God has set up his kingdom in this world, inside, inside the kingdom of men. There is the kingdom of God, wherein he rules. It is of another kind from all earthly kingdoms. For Christ said, my kingdom is not of this world. I want to let you out here quick. Let me, can I tell you what I'm going to do this week? I'm going to borrow some time from next week, Sunday. It's a lot that I have to say about this. I'm, I'm not going to keep you long, but I just thought that was funny that I can borrow a little bit of time from next Sunday and keep you a little bit longer this Sunday and then next Sunday let you out earlier than normal. <laughs> because we need to hear about this kingdom stuff. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. So how can you be in God's kingdom and be of this world? Somebody answer that question. How can you, according to God's word, and be in line with God, how can you be of this world and still be of the kingdom of God? You don't have the answer because it's not. it just can't happen. My kingdom is not of this world. God's kingdom is a purer, higher, truer, and an indestructive kingdom that no man can destroy. Those who seek not the kingdom of God will seek the things of the kingdoms of this world. God designed us to always be doing something. And if you're not seeking God's kingdom, you're going to be seeking the things of the kingdoms of this world. And it will be just by default because you're not seeking God's kingdom. Can I tell you this? When you're not seeking God's will and purpose, by default, you're out of line with God and your soul is in jeopardy. Those that are not seeking God and not seeking God's kingdom... They will seek comfort, three lattes a week. They will seek security. They will seek money. They will seek fashion. They will seek material gain. And they will seek recognition from others. If you're not seeking God's kingdom, you will seek those things. Comfort, I need to be comfortable. And when you become uncomfortable, you're going to do everything to become comfortable. You're going to seek security. i got to make sure I'm secure. When in actuality in this world you can never be secure. 
Because all it takes is for crooked government. All it takes is for, uh, you know, we, now we got identity theft. Nowadays, we should know we, we can never be secured in this hour. I think about, you know, you know, we think about the mark of the beast and all of this stuff. It, it's really at hand now. Where, where, where the, where, where the demonic forces can just begin to do what we read in Revelation that we will be cashless and the only way to buy will be able to buy with the mark of the beast. All this stuff is coming up and there's, there's a day coming where we're gonna have to bow to the beast if we're still in this world. And so the bottom line is we have to realize that there is no security in this world. Don't fool yourself to think there's security in this world. Whatever you think is security for a minute, oh, it won't last because something will happen and we'll realize that we don't have security. When 9-11 happened, we realized we don't have security. All these things happened, we realized we don't really have security. So we might as well forget about securing ourselves. Oh, I want to have security. What security? You can wake, you can go to bed with your bank, with your, with, with your bank book looking good. Investment doing right and wake up the next morning and you broke as broke can be. And you wondering what happened. The way the system is set up, somebody can take out all your money by accident. The bank could make some kind of mistransaction and then you got to spend weeks and days and months to try to get it back. And you may never get it back because everything is electronic now. There's no security in this world. The only security is in Jesus Christ. The only security is in Jesus Christ. Our desire should be, first of all, to seek the kingdom of God, to enter into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of new life. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of perfect liberty. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of faith in Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of union to Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of the power of His Spirit. The kingdom of God is not like anything else. And we need to seek the kingdom and then enter the kingdom. If we have not seek the kingdom of God and seek to enter it, let us do so right now. Let us do so immediately. If you have not entered the kingdom of God, you need to enter the kingdom of God now. You need to say, I need to get into that kingdom. But let me tell you this first. We have to be careful that let me say it this way. We must not seek the kingdom of God without seeking the king of the kingdom. We must not seek the kingdom of God without seeking the king of his kingdom. Let me throw them a curveball over here. Matthew chapter 7 verse number 21. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 21. Here is what happens when you seek the kingdom because so many Christians are seeking the kingdom but selfishly. So here is what you, will happen to you if you're just seeking the kingdom because you just want to enjoy the benefits. Not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. 22. 
Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. Verse number 23 says, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you depart from me that work iniquity. You can be in the kingdom of God and be because the kingdom of God is so powerful, uh, God can use you to, to be and do miraculous things in the kingdom. Uh, but if you're in the kingdom just trying to enjoy uh, the benefits uh, and what comes with it uh, and never seek to know the king uh, of the kingdom, uh, he will allow you to do what he needs done in the earth. Uh, but the day will come uh, when we have to stand before him uh, and he will say, yeah, you did those things, uh, but it was by my power. And guess what? Uh, but you know never seek me. I never knew you. We've never had an experience. So depart from me. We can't seek the kingdom and not seek the king of the kingdom. Uh-huh. And so let's talk about entering into the kingdom. John chapter 3. Verse number one, the word of the Lord says, there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot See the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot Enter into the kingdom of God. Is that clear enough for you? You cannot enter the kingdom of God if you're not born again. And how are you born again? By water and by spirit. Now how can you be born again by water and spirit? The Bible says that we must repent of our sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So in order to enter into the kingdom of God, we must be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ and God will fill us with his spirit and that will command entry into the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean that you're saved. It doesn't mean that you're going to heaven. It means you're in the kingdom. And if you live righteously in the kingdom, you will be saved and you will make it to heaven. But you must first enter the kingdom to have an opportunity to be saved. Remember I said everyone in the kingdom is not allowing the king to rule over their life. They didn't seek the king. When you enter the kingdom, you have to let the king become ruler. That's how he's the king. 
Can you do me a quick favor? Think about it. You can go on your phone and do it if you want. Go look up the meaning of a king. We got kings in this earth. Oh, yeah, there's kings in this earth. So when you get a chance or do it now, it doesn't matter to me. I know you can multitask. You can listen and do your thing. But, but go see what a king does and who's a king. So when Jesus, when you say Jesus is your king, if you make him king of your life, then you understand that he's ruler in his kingdom and he has all authority and all power in his kingdom. So if we say that we are in the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ is our king, then by default you are the servant to the king. Is this making sense to you? To me it just seems clear that if we become people that will enter the kingdom and and now Jesus is king over our life, we're, we're his servants. We already read what happens with servants of Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? I'm, okay. I'm, I'm excited to be a servant of God. You know, we, we know that that word servant just, just never sounds too good because it just seems like you're being slave to somebody. But baby, let me tell you, I'm okay being a slave to Jesus if that's how you want to look at it. You can say, oh man, I, hey, can't nobody do all of that. That's just too much. But if you know him like I do, oh Ain't nothing too much for my Jesus. Why you look like that? Because I love Jesus. Why you talk like that? Because I love Jesus. Why you do all those things? Because I'm the servant of Jesus. Oh, there is nothing that Jesus wants me to do that I have an issue with. And it's quiet in the church. Uh Because we have issues with some of the things Jesus wants us to do. Is, Is that the issue? We have issues with the things that Jesus wants us to do. That's what we're struggling with. Let me first tell you this. Jesus is not asking any of us to do anything that we cannot do. Just want to let you know that. So if there's something that the scripture says that the Lord is telling you he needs you to do, you can do it. You can either choose to do it or choose not to do it, but you can do it. You're able to do it. He went as far as to say, you can do all things through Christ. So even when you say, well, preacher, you can say all that you say, but can't nobody, I hear you, but Jesus already gave you the out. So if you think you can't do it, he says, you can do all things through me. So if you can't do it with your ability, I will afford you the ability to do it if you do it through me. So we don't have any escapability in that. And so we must be born again of the water and of the spirit. So if you're not born again, you have not entered the kingdom. If you're not born again, you have not entered the kingdom. If you want to enter the kingdom, you must be born again. That's the word of God. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Verse number six says, that which is born of flesh is flesh. Talking about natural birth. 
and that which is born of spirit is spirit. He's talking about spiritual birth. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Nicodemus, the Bible says he was a ruler of the Jews. I hear something. I hear something. I hear some of your thoughts. Some of us don't do certain things or feel comfortable not doing certain things because certain people you hold high esteem is not doing it. So if they are not doing it, it must not be real serious that I have to do it because look at so-and-so and look at so-and-so. The Holy Ghost wants you to know Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. So whatever preacher you listen to on the radio, whatever preacher you listen to on TV, doesn't matter what preacher you've heard preached, it's possible that they don't understand some of this stuff. So if you're going to rest your actions on some prestigious preacher, you better wait a minute. Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews, when he had his, 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 his interaction with Jesus, and Jesus broke down being born again. He said, how can these things be? Hmm? Hmm? So we got to be careful who it is that is that we're, we're, we're listening to or watching or being exposed to that we hold high esteem because they have a, a, a certain uh, influence. They may not understand this. All right, let me keep moving. Once we enter the kingdom of God, then we must seek to enjoy the privileges in the kingdom. A lot of Christians are struggling because they entered the kingdom just for the benefits. They don't want to be servants. They just want to be in the kingdom for the benefits. And we got to get past that because if we don't, we're only going to hurt ourselves just by being in the kingdom, enjoying the benefits. Sooner or later, there's a scripture that says that we have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. And sometimes what that is really referring to, you, you can take it a few different ways, but here's one way to look at it. We're in the kingdom of God, enjoying the benefits of the kingdom, but there is no power because we have not submitted to the king. Because the only way you obtain power is from the king. He is the only authority. He's the one that has all power. So in order for you to have power, you got to be submitted to the king. Here's the problem. We get into the kingdom and because we're not submitted to the king, we don't experience any power. Then we start to criticize. We never stop to think it's because of something we're not doing or something we're supposed to do why it's not happening. We keep thinking it must be something wrong with somebody else. Somebody else not working it. Somebody else didn't do right. Somebody else ain't preaching right. Somebody else is not doing right. Something. It's the church. Sometimes we go as far as saying that. It's never. It's something I must not be doing. Or something I need to be doing. 
And so when we enter the kingdom, we need to experience the privileges and the power of the kingdom. The very first thing we must realize is that Jesus is the king of the kingdom. He is the king of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. The Bible says in Luke chapter 17, verse 20. Here's where it's going to mess up some of us here. Luke chapter 17, verse 20. And when he was demanded of the, the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come. He answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. You can't see the kingdom of God coming. Verse 21, neither shall they say low here or low, low there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So can we make it simple before I close out here today? If the kingdom of God is not this building that we're in, if the kingdom of God is not some great temple over in different places, if the kingdom of God is not some cathedral over in Spain, if the kingdom of God is not the most beautiful buildings around the world, then where is the kingdom? And the Bible said the kingdom of God is within us. Now, the only way it becomes the kingdom is if Jesus is ruling. So when Jesus rules your life, you are the kingdom. Because Jesus is ruling your life. So the kingdom of God is not a physical structure. The kingdom of God is your life. Where Jesus is ruling. If Jesus is ruling in your life, then he is the king of that kingdom. But if Jesus is not ruling in your life, then you're the king of that kingdom. Uh-huh. If you calling the shots, you're the shot caller of that kingdom. But if Jesus is calling the shots, then he's the king of that kingdom. Now you decide. I love the Lord because he does not demand and strong arm you and twist your arm and say, you better do this. He is so loving and love don't force itself. Love is patient and love is kind. And the Lord is loving you by giving you his word and say, now you decide. Uh-huh. How can we know? Or how will you know you are in the kingdom? Romans 14 and 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we know we are in his kingdom and we're a part of the kingdom when we experience righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness is doing things right according to the ways of God. Peace, obviously, is just to know that I'm okay no matter what's going on. And joy is is cheerfulness and calm delight and gladness. So many people are supposed to be children of the Most High God and there is no joy. We need joy. If we're going to say we're in the kingdom, we got to experience righteousness and peace and joy. And the only way we can do that is by the Holy Ghost. We ignore God's spirit so much and that's the power that will work in us and through us to accomplish his will. 
Here's how the kingdom operate. Matthew 4.23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people. So one thing you'll learn about the kingdom when the kingdom comes to your life is sickness will be healed. Diseases will be cleansed because the kingdom of God is so powerful that sickness has to go. Diseases are cleansed. Verse 24 says, and his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all Sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatics and those that had the palsy and he healed them. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Because in the kingdom, the king will heal diseases. In the kingdom, the king will cleanse the things that are not good and all the, 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 the diseases and ailments. The king will cleanse them. The king will, will make you whole. He will deliver you from all sickness and ailments and diseases because the king is all powerful in his kingdom. So that's why when we're sick, we can say, God can heal us because he's the all-powerful God that cleanses all diseases. And for those of you that don't know, when he went on the cross, part of the reason, let me take that back, part of what happened when he went on the cross was before he went on the cross, they beat him 39 times. Did you know this? If you go and talk to the doctors that study for many years that there are 39 major diseases in our world, 39 major diseases. So every stripe that Jesus received on his back was a stripe for healing for any one of the diseases that we can contract. (laughs) Y'all have no clue how powerful our God is. You have no clue how great he is, how much he is in tune with everything. 39 major diseases. So you can't get sick and there's not a cure for your sickness. I don't care. We said we can't find cure for cancer, but guess what? The Lord has healed people with cancer. So the bottom line is, uh, if he decides that he's going to heal, he will heal. There is no sickness that Jesus cannot heal. The crown of thorn they placed on his head, they put it down and push it down and the blood start running down. There is no mental sickness. You got to understand who God is. There's no mental sickness, Sam, that we can have. I don't care if they going crazy. I don't care if they losing their minds. There is no mental sickness. There is no emotional sickness that God cannot heal if he so choose. He took care of it. We have no clue what he did when he went on the cross. So if you're sick in your body, if he choose to, he can heal you. If your mind is all messed up and, and, and you feel like you're losing your mind, if he choose to, he can heal your mind. He took all that pain so we could be healed, so we can be cleansed. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? The Bible says in verse 25 of that same text, And they followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. In Matthew 12, 28, the Bible says, but if I cast out devils by the spirit, 
big S of God, then the kingdom of God is come to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek his righteousness. So when we seek him, seek the kingdom, we must also seek his righteousness. Uh Uh-huh. Seek first of all to be just, not to be wealthy. Seek first of all to obey God, not to become the master of others. Seek not to be great, but seek to be good. Let us or let this be in you one admonition. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I'm closing. Notice the text says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Here's what's interesting. This is my revelation here God gave me. Here's what's interesting about this seeking first the kingdom. The Bible says, seek first his kingdom, then all the other necessities he will provide for us. Isn't that what it says? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. If that's true, which it is true, That means there is no need to seek anything after that. If I seek him and his kingdom and he's going to take care of all my needs, tell me what else I need to seek. This is what I ask. This is me praying and and, and reading the word and praying and say, God, help us. I said, well, this is not making a lot of sense here. Seek first. Why do you say first? Seek first. Because if I'm seeking first, your kingdom and everything that I need will be added. Then I don't have to seek. I don't have to seek anything second. I don't have to seek anything third. I don't have to. I just got everything because I seek the kingdom. Seek first means to make the kingdom of God the priority of your life. It, it, it doesn't mean that I'll seek that. Then after that, I'll seek something else. It means when you seek God's kingdom, it becomes the priority of your life. It's nothing else that that should come after that. God's kingdom is God's kingdom, and we seek that and nothing else because everything else we need will be given to us. I bless the rest of it. But if you want to do what you want, then keep doing what you want. Because that's not how it's going to get blessed. So when you give it any other way, the rest of it don't get blessed. But if you give the first tenth, the 90% get blessed. Let me give you all a hard story. I'm closing with this hard story so you all realize the principle of God again. I didn't give you this text over there. So let's go to... First Kings chapter 17, verse 10. First Kings chapter 17, verse 10. I'm closing. Seek first. First things first. And so last scripture I'm going to give you. It's a little bit, so we're going to read it together. So he arose and went to Zarephath and went. And when he had come to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, this is the prophet Elijah, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Come on. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not, not 
a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. (laughs) And Elijah, the prophet of the Lord, said unto her, fear not, go do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little. He's not understanding that. This is crazy. This lady said, I got a little bit of food for me and my son. We're about to eat it and die. And this man of God come to her and says, whoa, I know that's what you said. Fix it, but fix me something. And I want mine first. Because God is teaching us a principle, church. It has nothing. We, 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 we Remember what I started out saying when I started preaching to you. That never get to that hard place in the word and shut down and get frustrated and be mad and say, I can't do that. God has principles and we can do them. And if we do them, we'll be blessed beyond measure. And just, just trust God. The prophets say, fix me first. And all of us will be like, you must be stupid. Right, let's be wrong. Let's be real. We, we would look at the problem like, you must be stupid. So let me put myself in that predicament. I come over. I'm the prophet of the Lord. I know you only got that for you and your son, but I want you to. She look at me like, boy, you ain't no prophet of the Lord. Talking about, ain't no prophet going to say that. That's what we'll say. Ain't no prophet going to say that. So let's go to the next verse. Show you when you when you do what give God the first ten. For thou said the Lord God of Israel, for thus said the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste. This is the prophet talking to her. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. Now remember, she thought she only had one meal. She thought she was going to eat that one meal and die. But when she did what the prophet said, her and her whole family, other people, started eating for many days. Now the story didn't end here. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. 18. And she said unto Elijah, she's typical us. What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord. This is Elijah praying. Cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou all 
also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son. This is the prophet praying. And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. Keep going. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See thy son. Last verse. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord is in thy mouth. Listen to me. When you're giving your tithe, your first tenth, because you're seeking the kingdom first, you might say at that time, man, I don't know if I can afford to do this. The money is tight. And you can say all kind of things. But let me just make it plain. You don't know if your son going to get sick to death. That's right. I'm, just, I'm just keeping it real. You don't know what's going to come in your life. And you dare better not be doing your own thing and never seek the kingdom first. And then when major trouble comes, you say, Lord, I need you. Because if the Lord wants, he can say, and... I told you was to seek my kingdom first. And now you need me? Now sometimes his mercy might make him do it, but other times he might not do it. But I'm not taking that chance. I'm going to seek the kingdom of God first. And when I seek the kingdom of God first, I can come to him like Elijah. Lord, you told me to give you the first tenth. You told me to seek first your kingdom. Are you going to let this happen? You can go to God like that when you do what he tells you to do. But if you don't go and do what God tells you and make sure you seek the kingdom first, then when things start to happen, you're going to be questioning things. You're going to be wondering, how will this work? Because you never seek the kingdom first. Let's stand. We need to seek God's kingdom first. I can't tell you how we allow a lot of things to preoccupy our time. Can I tell you, we, we, we can say gathering together to worship the Lord. I can tell you the purpose, many purposes behind it. But since we're talking about seeking first the kingdom of God, when you come here, what you're doing is you're clearly making a statement. I am seeking the kingdom of God first. That's what you're clearly saying. You're, you're making that declaration. I am first seeking the kingdom of God. When you come and gathered here to worship the Lord and to hear his word, you're seeking the kingdom first. And so many other things that we do, we're saying we're seeking the, when we wake up in the morning and we open our eyes and we begin to talk to the Lord, we're seeking his kingdom. We're not asking God to protect us today. Why? Because he's going to do it if you seek the kingdom. 
So we need to change our game and wake up in the morning and say, Lord, you are God Almighty and you're all-knowing and all-powerful. This is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, Lord, your wish is my command. Your command is my will. I go into this world as sheep. Oh, God. And I know there's wolves out there, but I trust that you will use me as you will to manifest your kingdom. Now, God, make me vigilant. Make me sober, make me attentive, allow me to see and do what you want me to do because I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. That's how you pray when you get up in the morning. We don't need to get into all the other stuff. Lord, I need you. He knows that. Lord, I need provision. He knows that. As a matter of fact, I hear something in the Holy Ghost. One of you, somebody going to buy you lunch tomorrow. Because God will approve something to you. And so tomorrow you're going to get a surprise. Somebody's going to buy you lunch. And you're going to say, for what? Because I'm telling you the answer right now. Because God want to show you that if you seek him, he will provide everything you need. We're making all these plans. I got to do this. I got to do that. And God wants somebody in here to see how it works. That somebody's going to come up to you and say, I want to buy you lunch today. Because when you seek the kingdom, that's how it works. That's how it works. You don't have to worry about, oh, what am I going to eat for lunch today? I need blah, blah, blah. No, you seek the kingdom. Somebody buy your lunch. Oh, God help us. I feel the Holy Ghost. Church, this is the word of the Lord. I pray that somebody will hear today what the Spirit is saying unto them. And take the next few minutes. Let's take the next four minutes and pray. And seek the kingdom. Forget about what you need. God says, I'm going to take care of that regardless. I love you. And if someone is here that has never entered the kingdom, you need to enter the kingdom. That's your job security. As a servant of God, you want to secure your position in servanthood, you got to enter the kingdom. Because there are some of us that we may do things in church, but we have never entered the kingdom. You need to enter the kingdom by being born again of the water and of the spirit and begin to do what God wants you to do. Be servant with him. Do what he wants you to do. If if you're here today and you've never given your life to the Lord, you need to do so. I say it all the time, not all the time, but pretty quite a bit. You don't hear this preaching everywhere has nothing to do with me. It just has to do with where God established a church. You're going to hear God's word. You're not going to get word to tickle your ear to make you feel good. God's going to speak his truth. Wherever God established a church, he will speak his truth. And you will notice churches like this that God established throughout the world, you will always hear his truth be preached. And it's going to be up to you to hear it, heed to it, and obey it. Because you can search out all the world and you can find places that are called churches that you won't hear this kind of preaching. And you may not get the kind of opportunity you're getting now to give your life to God. And you will go on just feeling in your heart, well, God loves me. God is merciful to me. That's all true. But he still commands certain things to be done. He said, seek ye first the kingdom. So we will take the next few minutes, three minutes. And seek the Lord that you may enter into his kingdom. 
And if you're already in his kingdom, that you will seek him for instructions as to what you now must do now that you have become aware of being in his kingdom. Some of us that are in his kingdom need to seek him and make him king over our life. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us today, Lord God, that we will not walk out of this place the same way we came in. Father, your word has gone forth. And I pray, Lord God, that change will begin to take place deep down within our heart. That we will not take, Lord God, for granted what we have heard today. That we will not take for granted, Lord God, what you have now spoken into our heart. For, Lord, we can't predict what tomorrow may bring. We can't predict, Lord God, what next week may bring. So, God, let not this word escape us. Let not this word, Almighty God, cause us to lose track. Oh God, but let it keep us on track. Let it help us, Lord God, to become. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Somebody hear the word of the Lord today. Somebody just don't be a hearer, but become a doer of the word of God. Will you press your way into the kingdom of God? Will you surrender today, repent of your sins, and be baptized in his name, that all your sins may be washed away, and receive his spirit, that you are now entered into the kingdom. Father, move on us, will you, today? Father, touch us in a special way that, Lord God, our life will never be the same again. That transformation will take place today and continue to take place in our life. That, Lord God, we will do what you command, which is to seek you first, the kingdom. That in all that we do, we will seek the kingdom. That in all we live our life, Lord God, it will be seeking the kingdom, doing the will of God. Will you help us today, Lord God? Will you let deliverance come today. Will you let restoration come today? Oh God, I pray. Somebody hear me, hear me, hear me. The Lord says if you will repent of your sins. There's, there's somebody in here that needs to ask God to forgive them. I don't know who you are. But the Spirit of the Lord just revealed that to me, that there's someone in here that needs to ask God to forgive them. And God says, if you will ask, I am faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. If you ask to, for, to ask God to forgive you, God is going to cause some great and powerful and wonderful things to begin to flow in your life. But you have to ask God to forgive you. You, 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 can't, you can't just continue to be that way. Hear me. You've been mad at God. Somebody here has been mad at God and God has not done anything to you. Circumstances and situation that has occurred had nothing to do with what God did to you. They occurred because of just life happening and God is saying to you he is not the blame. He loves you so much and he is not the blame. But what he says is if you will repent of your sins if you will confess your sins to him, he will forgive you and he will turn your life around and your life will never be the same again you will overcome you will oh god you will become truly saved 